Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of massive magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans, episode number nine. What's going on, boys? What's going on, people? What up? What's happening? We have we got four people into the studio today. We have Mr. Al. What's going on? Justin. Yo. Wit. What's happening? And myself, Anthony. We got a really full, fully loaded show. Full loaded shows? Fully. Fully loaded. Full like a Taco Supreme. Full like mm, a... That sounds good. I just ate a bunch of, a bunch of steak. Full like full, a holiday like, meal. Oh, Stop because I'm hungry now. <laughs> and what happened with the diet? The diet? I'm, yes. still, I'm still on the diet, believe it or not. Okay. It's, it's, mm. it's not even a diet. It's more like a live it. Because I'm diet, you die, and I'll live you live. Okay. <laughs> that was clever. Yeah, I know, right? I made up myself. Trademark. Um, so to start off this episode of the Ozone Podcast, we're going to start off with a different segment. This allows the um, listeners, you guys, to get to know us a little bit better. Something that for right now, um, we're going to call In the Ozone. So pretty simple. Um, we're going to discuss two very different topics. Each week could be different such as current favorite magic players, restaurants, etc. And the answers must be given within 30 seconds. Okay. Pretty simple. Yep. Right? Sounds it's going to be the first wave. feel like I'm on a game show. Let's yeah, do I know, right? right? There's absolutely no buzzards. First one. Favorite Christmas movie? For me, it's got to be Home Alone. The Grinch. I mean, it's a classic. Friday after next. Oh, that's, a good one. Oh. that's a good one. That's yeah. my favorite. I watch it over and over. I mean, I love the I love the classics. National Lampoon's right behind it, but Friday after next gets me every time. Yeah, nice. jingle I all like the way it. for me. I'm a big Arnold fan. That's the one yeah, with the. It's one with the toy that he tries to go get in and misses out on. He's it the mailman. Uh, I don't know. It's probably something different. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, don't don't quiz me on it. It's been a while since <laughs> I've seen the movie, but if I can pick one movie, that'd be it. Gotcha. All right. Next one. Favorite. I'm a, it says favorite hobby. I'm going to switch up. Favorite Christmas hobby. Christmas hobby. Uh, for me, I actually. It's not, really, it's not even a hobby because hobby is something that you do pretty often. So I yeah. guess Christmas activity. Oh, Christmas activity. And opening presents does not count for this Damn, one. That was mine. I um, know, but that's like the man, most common one. Be true. creative. I guess it'll be just eating it's a lot of good food in christmas that at least in my family we, we just get a lot of good stuff in there noche buena um noche buena there you go True. so between drinking some eggnog and stuff and some food oh you guys have eggnog yeah okay so i'm puerto rican i do coquito, coquito. coquito. Yeah. Mm. uh you know rum coconut milk delicious it feels like you're having a dessert that gets you funny it's <laughs> nice <laughs> all right Wait, what about you our neighborhood throws the biggest party to where we do this thing where we go house to house, like five houses, 50, 60 people show up. What? And we kind of, we call it drink around the hood. And then it ends at usually at someone's where, house where, on my where turntables. Is that, where is it that you live? Man, we're, we're, I'll, I'll talk to you after the show. We don't need that. <laughs> I, hey, everyone, everyone that listens is definitely invited, but it turns into one of the greatest events ever. And I'm, I'm all about it. Wow. I feel so unprepared for this one. Man. Yeah, but you, you, <laughs> you lost it. You got, you got drinking, more drinking, and just drinking around the hood. I was just gonna say putting the star on my Christmas tree and just, just set my Christmas activities up. Oh, yeah. There's is, nothing wrong with that. That is terrible. All right. Wait, since you just mentioned, is your is your like little setup over there with Dwight with the broken arm done? Yeah, I mean, did you add anything to it? So yes, it's done. Oh, okay, okay. It's been done. I mean, I got to plug it in so that the lights are working, but yeah, it's done. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, stop cracking on my tree. All right, let's get let's get into the numbers, all right? So this has been a very, very, very tough week. Our current record is 12 and 17, and we are currently still, believe it or not, eighth in the East, all right? So we're still in the playoff race, right? Um, in offense points per game, we're at 103.5, 29th in the NBA, three-point percentage, 33.3, 27th, offensive rating, 105, 25th in the league. Defense, points allowed, 105.3, 105. 
which is sixth in the league, blocks 6.4, puts us in third, defensive rating 107.2, which has us 12th in the league. Um, this past week has been a tough one. And it started off with the Rockets on Friday, which was um, the 13th of December. We lost to the Rockets 130 to 107. It's when we played against a really, really aggressive and mean James Harden. But we're not going to talk any, bit, any more about that game. We're just going to move on to the next one. All right. Sunday, we um, got a win against New Orleans, 130 to 119. This is a game that we led most of the way. Isaac had 21 points, 11 rebounds. Vucevic on his return added 20 points and 9 rebounds. On Tuesday, we went against a Utah Jazz um, where we lost 109-102. to 102. We trailed most of the game um, as by as much of 18 points before making a comeback in the fourth, but we couldn't close it out. Augustine did score 22 points to lead the way. Fournier did add to 19 points. On Wednesday, we lost to the Denver Nuggets. This one was a really tough game, 113-104. Um, Orlando had a comfortable lead, um, this one by as much as 19 points before completely collapsing halfway through the third, and we just weren't able to recover. Uh, Vucevic led the way with 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and Augustine added 18 points and 7 assists off the bench. Friday, loss against Portland, 118-103. Portland completely dominated this game from beginning to end. We couldn't score while Portland couldn't miss. Vucevic led the way with 23 points, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks, and 6 steals. So a lot of games this past week. Um, uh, some good, a lot more bad. Whew, what a week. What a week. Um, I mean, what do you start with this week? Uh, wait, I'll throw it to you, man, because I have no words for this week. <laughs> it, it. This is the type of week that exposes our weaknesses to the T. You got the tough two weeks of December. That's probably one of the two toughest weeks of our schedule. And it, every single hole that our team has, we found, and it's been exposed. Defense, defending three-point shooters, uh, not getting around screens, not defending the lane, you know, lack of consistency in shooting, and, and lack of leadership all the way around. You know, no accountability. That that's if I have an operation I'm running, you got fully tested. We saw it. The league knows our expen our weaknesses now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think this last week was a a week that we had an opportunity uh, because we didn't do so last week uh, to kind of show the league. Yes, we are one of those teams that should be spoken about. Um, we failed miserably. I think the issues that we've been struggling with and that we've criticized the team about are still the issues that they're facing. Uh, you know, it's, it's a problem. Ball movement is a problem. Pace is a problem. Having a consistent shooter is a problem. Having someone to go to down the stretch is a problem. The rotations are still a problem. There's, there's a lot of issues uh, on this team right now. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not feeling too optimistic. Is it fair to say that Utah, Denver, Portland, and the Rockets all have a better team than we do on paper? Sure. Mm -hmm. So are we expecting any anything outside of that, realistically? I expected at least a split along the way, somewhere mm -hmm. where we could at least go 2-2 two and two or whatever, 2-3 and three for the week instead of 1-4. and four. Um, Realistically speaking, entering the week, I said to myself, if we can win two of those games, I'll be happy. And right. where I'm going to go here is, is my point for the whole week, lack of progress. So we had the chance to win in Denver. We had the chance to win in Utah, and we won in New Orleans. So had we done that, 3-2 and two coming back home, I'm happy. What I'm really unhappy about and really just at a loss for words is a lack of progress. We looked exactly like we did last year before we hit our stride mm -hmm. towards the end of the season. But my concern is we have a proven point guard right now, Markel Fultz, who, who can run the show. We are playing well, we're healthy, and we look like last year's team. Um, that's concerning to me. And the concern is, are we just a 500 team? And that's that's what we are. Right. So for me, it's not necessarily that we lost these games, right? Because like you said, these are better teams than we are on paper. To me, the problem is how we lost the games. Because if you're outscoring a team... Right. If you have a 35 point third quarter, for example, right, or second quarter, I should say, 
and then you collapse in the third or you collapse in the fourth. The issue is not getting points up because you're showing that you can score. You're showing that you can play in transition. You're showing that your defense could be top level. The problem is sustaining it, right? And I can't figure out. I've tried to, you know, step away from it emotionally and be like, okay, what's going on? Let's look at it pragmatically. And I, I can't figure it out. The only thing that I look at and people will say, well, you can't blame uh, Cliff because he's not the one shooting the ball. He can't force the ball in the basket. That is true. But you could control who if somebody has a hot hand, you could control how long you're riding mm-hmm. that hot hand. That's true. If the rotation on the floor is not working, you can make a change. You can uh, sub someone in for energy. There's there's different things that you can try. Um, and I think we're losing these games down the stretch because we're failing at doing the things that we need to do consistently. And then there's no change to try to bring us back to doing the things that we do well. Uh, so that's that's my issue. Right, team's gonna make runs. Right, we we know that they know, they're gonna make a make a ten point run. Or what we are completely lacking is a player that can hit those junk points. That can instead of making an eight to ten point run, it's now a four to six point run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's just gonna it happened every game this week. Right. We just allowed a, a ten zero run, a fifteen zero run, a twenty zero run, a thirty two to five run in the case of Denver. Which is insane to me. How do you... It's not only this week, guys. It's happened throughout the season. It happened all of last year, too. There were games last year in Minnesota. I will never forget that. We were up 18 points in Minnesota. We lost that game, right? The game after that, Golden State last year. We lost 18-point lead. We lost it again. So Mm -hmm. that's what's concerning to me is that we are seeing the same traits, the same DNA in this team. There's just no progress. And yet, Isaac is better. Fault is here. Bamba's playing, at least. Playing better than last year. He's actually playing... Vucevic, even after the injury, is still at that level. So I cannot put it together. What is the issue? We got the talent. Fournier stepping up, so we're getting more. Teams are lighting up from the three point line. Is Fournier is Fournier stepping up though? Since so since Vucevic has gone back, Evan Fournier hasn't scored over twenty points once. Okay, not once. But but, but, to defend him though, I don't think it's his fault. I think uh, no, again, no, no, I'm not saying that. I it's think that goes back to the coaches. What I said last week, I'm concerned. Vucevic is back. What would our team look like now? And I feel like everyone took a step back since that happened. So, so living in a world where you expect Evan Fournier or you require Evan Fournier to be your primary scoring option is not a world where you're going to win. As a fan, as a supporter of, of him and his gameplay and his style of play, that's something that... I realize if Evan Fournier is the best player on the team, you're not going to win. Right. So it's not about Evan scoring more than 20, right? Because his career average is what, 16 and a half points, 17 points. So it's not about him scoring more than 20. The fact that he's scoring 20 is better than what he has done on average for his entire career. The point is that outside of Vucevic and Evan Fournier at this point in time, there's no scoring. There is no scoring. So that gives you 40 points a game. And it's, then you have faults taking seven shots. It's a lack of leadership. Kind of Who's our floor general? You know, who who's the guy leading the charge on, on the court? You're not seeing it. I mean, Evan's putting it on the shoulders, but like you're saying, he's not our primary option in, in any team. Right. So kudos to him for what he's done. There's, yeah. there's just a, it's, it's a lot of disorganization in the team right now. Mm-hmm. So right. starting with the offense, if you look at the shot distribution right now, you got Gordon taking 15, 17 shots a game. We talked about this now, I think, four episodes in a row. How is that happening? It makes me laugh because I literally it, it blows my mind that Evan Fournier takes more shots than anyone else on the team. But then you have guys like Fault and Isaac taking five and seven shots. Why? And that's where I'm like, I'm lost. But at they, some point, it's, that falls it's a back. quality shot versus a, a, a shot and a look. And the, and the offense has been working through Evan. And uh, and. and and the distribution through Evan soon and I, and I in I'm, a half-court And I think setting. I'm good with that. What I'm not good with is Gordon taking 17 shots by late the third quarter, like it happened yesterday. That's because Aaron Gordon is still in the mindset where I feel Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, and Evan Fournier, they all three of them have the exact same mindset, which is I'm the best player on the team. Let mm-hmm. me put it all on me. Let me go out there and do it. Problem is, is that, between those three, only two out of the three can do that. Right. <laughs> of the two of the three, <laughs> we only want one yeah. of the three to do it. Yeah, um, and that's and that's where the biggest struggle is. 
Aaron Gordon, he's he's frustrated. He can't find his rhythm, so he said. And his idea is, well, I'm gonna just keep shooting until the rhythm comes, and that's not the way to go about it. Correct. If you can't if you can't find your shot, then your job is to help your teammates find their shots. Right, right. Go in there and do the little things. Grab the rebounds. Aaron, play if you're listening, you score best in transition. You're you're not the guy in the post. You're a transition scorer. Look at. Grant Hill back in the day in Detroit, watch how he scored. You mimic that, you'll be a good scorer. Yeah, I think uh I think he has to I think he has to understand. So there's there's certain players, right? Like Terrence Ross. If Terrence Ross is cold, you know he's a shooter. He's proven that. So you want him to shoot to find his rhythm, right? Aaron Gordon is not that. So you're not scoring from there are games that you hit a couple three pointers, yes, but you're not scoring from range consistently, and then your resort to fixing that is shooting more threes that you're not hitting, right? And that's not your game. Like I, I, I'm frustrated. I know, I know all of you guys could could hear it, but we're, I, I'm we're with you. We're with you. We know we love our team and we love the team that the players on it. We just we want to see some wins. We want to see it turn around, right? I mean, in, in their defense, right, it is a West Coast road trip, which is by far already difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, have any of you ever played basketball, like, in Denver, Utah? I Seattle. Oh, yeah, Seattle. definitely. Yeah. All right. So they're playing above 5,200 feet above sea, sea level, okay. right? There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're playing that height, you just, you're automatic, you can run more, you don't run out of breath. Like, if you play there consistently, you don't run out of breath. I was there, breath. I was there in February, and I was, like, walking around, because we were in the Tired. mountain, and literally yes. could not breathe. I get it. So, I'm not, I'm not saying that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing that up as a really cool fact that I just want to throw right. in there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the fact that, um, I mean, if you, if you look at all the scores, I mean, the issue early on was the fact that we couldn't score more than 100 points. Right. In all five games, we've scored more than 100 points. We just weren't able to get it done. But now we can defend. But now we can defend. <laughs> we can't play any right. defense right now. Now, now we can't play <laughs> offense or defense. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the courts <laughs> playing against these teams and making sure that they make money. We're playing bad right now. And it's we either put down the coach, we either put down on the players, Put it all, all the above. Um, Luke Jalil on Twitter, he actually posted something that was really interesting where he says, um, the last 10 games, maybe the notion that the Magic are a high and defensive team needs to change. So the last 10 games, their offensive rating has been 110.3, which is 14th in the NBA. Defensive rating, 112.3, which is 24th in the I'm NBA. I'm confused. Ouch. So it's kind of like we did a whole entire, like, it's like giving so, giving them a pass to say we're not our offense is terrible, so we're going to be a defensive team. So this is this is why, and I kind of you know people were upset with me on Twitter the other day, um, but I I called you do out, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I called out Clifford because the entire reason why Clifford is the coach here, right, was because he was going to instill this identity that we were going to be. Uh, defensive powerhouse and that although our offense wasn't to you know make a play on Aaron Gordon's words although our offense wasn't going to catch up to our defense our defense was going to be so good right and we were going to limit teams so much that if we scored 100 points or 95 points a game we still had a chance to win and that's fine but what happens when a team scores 135 and you can't put up more than 100 points that that dynamic of of what makes Cliff a great coach does not work in the modern NBA, in my opinion, right. because it's too fast paced. Most buckets are in transition, right? And the ball moves two times faster than the players do. So the only way to win in today's league, people can say what they want. The only way to win is to have offensive production. Your defense could be great, right? But if your offense is not at least average, you're still going to lose. And our offense is not average at this point. I mean, my issue with that is, is there anybody out there right now that is better? As a head coach? As a head coach. And if any of you say David Fisdale, I'm walking out. No. (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to say David Fisdale. I think David Fisdale should be an assistant Assistant on on the team. But I think Steve Clifford should also be an assistant on the team. 
And I got to give credit to the coach in Toronto. I mean, yeah, he had yeah. he had Kawhi last year, but they they're still going at it. And if you watch his his rotations, they and, he's their, and, and their offense is beautiful, beautiful. And the yeah. the the season that Toronto let go of Dwayne Casey. Right, which we, was which was the end of the season before last. Mm-hmm, so Orlando mm-hmm. had a and had you got a chance. Popovich out there. That's the, I mean that's the he's standard, a genius, right? That's the standard. But Orlando had an opportunity to bring Dwayne Casey to Orlando instead of Steve Clifford. You saw what Dwayne Casey what Dwayne Casey did in Toronto, and to say that you know to take anything away from Dwayne Casey and say that he wasn't the reason why Toronto won a championship is a little crazy. Um, to I me, agree. to me, Dwayne Casey built that yeah. that system. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah. And Nick Nurse was Dwayne Casey's assistant. So Dwayne Casey should have been who Orlando pursued. And I think I'm not saying that Steve Clifford is a terrible coach because that's not what I'm saying. But I think he has a ceiling, and I think we've reached that already. Though, yeah. So the only reason why I find that hard to believe is right now, currently. Our first 29 games were 12 and 17. Last year in 29 games, we were 14 and 15. So the record isn't too far off. We're still eighth in the East. We still have a, a really good shot at obviously making noise in the playoffs. And I, and I still think that eventually we'll get there. Now, if we're talking about post-All-Star and we're still having the exact same struggles and we don't hit that turn, then I think it's okay. There's something, there's something wrong because it's... Is is it is it the players or is it the coach or is it just both and all of it's not working? We need to do drastic changes. And I agree with you. I, I don't think I, I expect this team to make a change, coach change, at least for another year at least. Right. Um, we've had too many coaches come and go in Orlando. Um, they're they're locked in with Clifford. They mm-hmm. liked him when they were with Milwaukee. They almost hired him. Right. They're gonna keep him. There's just no way they're gonna change a coach right now. Um, the only thing again that I wish Clifford would just adjust is the rotations and, and the little things that we know he's so stubborn and so hard-headed on certain things just adapt to this NBA a little bit more um, I know it's easier said than done um, but it's it's like you said Justin the, his game plan in today's NBA it's just it looks outdated right, right. he slows it down when this team wants to run this team's best at up-tempo I don't understand and I agree with with um, with all of you guys but I don't understand how on a team right that you have Markel Fultz, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. Like, all of these guys are athletic dudes who could run, right? But somehow, you want to play through Vooch, which is understandable because he is your best, most consistent player. But then you want to play the half-court game. Like, that doesn't make sense, right? Because if you want to win games as a team, you're going to use your best attributes, right? And you're going to try to maximize those attributes to win. And it feels like he's not doing that. It feels like he's, in his mind, it's more consistent to play through Vooch and slow it down. So that's what we're going to do, even if it's at the detriment of the entire team. And I'm not saying that he needs to be fired because that's not going to happen, obviously, as, as Al said. And there is, at least from first glance, I don't see a better option available right now. Uh, but I think that Cliff needs to have a meeting with or John and Jeff have to have a meeting with Cliff and say, hey, Cliff, we really like you. There are certain reasons why we brought you here, but this is not working. We need to try something else. Just throwing it out there. If the Magic did decide that, hey, this is not working, right? Mm -hmm. Let's get rid of all our vets. Let's get rid of the coach. Let's start off from scratch, right? Let's play our young players. A coach that I would like to see since the Magic are really, really into the whole um, selecting people that have ties to the organization, Penny Hardaway, mm. future coach. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Don't I like there. that. I would, honestly, Nick Anderson. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Anderson, I'm telling you, he, he, well, he knows the community, obviously, but he knows the game. He knows the culture. He knows what it takes to win. Um, and no one thinks about him. I'm a huge Nick Anderson fan. And uh, he, um, he's underrated with when it comes to his basketball IQ. I like Nick Anderson, but he's your coach, and our free throw percentage goes down. <laughs> That's <laughs> man. wow, oh, man. Sorry, I, no, I no, like no, the I like the Penny idea. Um, 
And I think there's there's this aura, there's this like I don't want to say godlike, but there's this like mythical, mystical kind of appeal to to Penny uh, Hardaway. But I think that for this team to win, we can't experiment with a new college coach. We can't experience with someone who has I don't even know Nick Anderson has coaching experience. Absolutely not. Right. So <laughs> so I wouldn't I wouldn't go either either of those routes. I feel like there has to be someone who's proven who has shown a, a, a track record of success um, through a play style that involves, uh, you know, like fast pace, mm-hmm. heavy ball movement, transition basketball. Those are the three things. If you, if Orlando decided, hey, Cliff, it's over, we need to go in an- another direction. Those should be the first three things that whoever's interviewing for that job should say what they would implement into this team. Anybody who talks about defense. Slowing things down and playing the half court game has, right. has to go somewhere else. Right. Well, Jason Kidd went straight to a coach. I like Jason. Yeah, but I right. like. I don't know. I like Jason Kidd. I, I, I'm not. I'm not dogging on. I'm just saying there's guys who never coached outside of. They of, can do it. Yeah, they can do it. Well, I mean, but you also have to argue. Did Jason Kidd really do it? I mean, he was a coach. <laughs> he was true. in Milwaukee. No, I mean, he, he, if we're talking about Jason Kidd in Milwaukee, he made Milwaukee relevant. Well, Granted, yeah, that's, that's, with, that's with Giannis, Giannis but yeah. he still made Milwaukee was nothing. Toronto was nothing. That's a good point. And now they're something more than what we are. Yeah, so, that's a good point. True. <laughs> all right, but let, let's get into pastor shoot. That's it. I'm done talking about last week's game. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for, for the very first topic for pastor shoot, uh, Seth Aurora from Orlando Magic Daily um, listed s- certain players that the Magic should target for an Aaron Gordon trade. And he listed these four players. First one was DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, the obvious D'Angelo Russell, and CJ McCollum. I'm going to pass. Uh, I'm shooting. Like, shoot. No, don't pass. Take it back. You know why I'm passing? Because I'm realistic. And the reality is Aaron Gordon will not get us those players. Not right now. Not. Oh, not no, Aaron, no not I, Aaron, I disagree with Aaron that. Gordon by I'm going gonna, gonna to shoot. Um, and I also have to qualify by saying that initially I was like, DeMar DeRozan, hell no. But thinking about it, I, I was having, when we went to the Rockets game, me and my dad mm-hmm. um, ended up going. But he was he was talking about the DeMar trade possibility, right? And he brought up a good point. He said, there's nobody on this team, because he was getting super frustrated with James Harden just, like, cooking us all night, right? So he was like, there's nobody on this team who can close a, the show for us. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally nobody, exactly. right? So, and I was like, yeah, but DeMar can't shoot threes. You know, he would be a detriment down the stretch if it was a close game, this, that, and the third. He was like, you could shoot a three and you could miss it, or you could hit two two point buckets. Which <laughs> one would you prefer? Depends how much time is left on the clock. Though. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But but it made me think, right? We don't need DeMar to be a superstar. Mm-mm. We need DeMar to give us buckets down the stretch that we could count on, right? That could change the game so that we're not in late game. I need to heave up a three to possibly win. And I think DeMar could be that guy. So there would have to be something would have to be added because I feel like DeMar's age is kind Mm -hmm. of an issue. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily fit with our timeline. Um, But I think DeMar is somebody that our guys could learn from and will immediately produce way more than AG is producing at this current moment. And D'Lo and CJ, we've already talked about that. We all know we're on board for those trades. No, I, I agree. I, uh, I'm going to say pass, and this is why. Um, we don't recruit free agents here well at all. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last big star free agent we recruited besides T-Mac. And Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis. Mm-hmm. Richard, yeah, yeah, definitely. And we paid a lot for him. We had to overpay the crap right, out of him. Right, yes. and, and he, he, he took us to the finals, and, mm-hmm. and I give him a lot of credit for that. But, I mean, we're not a hot spot that people want to come to. Especially and, when you're two hour, four hours away from Miami. Let's be real, right? And well, and that's that's where I'm. The point I guess I'm getting at is is what's in our culture that you know makes people not want to be part of this organization. Is it up top? You know, is it Alex Martin? Is it is it is it? I don't think it's a brand. People like Orlando. Families like Orlando. It's just the you know the small market thing. We're growing 
big time. But that's that's the problem. You're you're saying yes, families do love Orlando, right. but we're talking about kids that are 19, 20, 23, 24 years old. They're that so, are millionaires. Not, yeah, they don't have money. They don't, they don't care about Disney and Disney Springs. Yeah, <laughs> it, and that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, no one. But that and and which is why if we're not going to attract an all star to come play here. We have to go get that all-star. Yeah. Right. You do that by trading your assets. And Aaron Gordon, no matter how bad he's playing this season, he's still an asset. And I think that it sounds stupid, but his value is going to grow even more the minute that he wins this year's slam dunk contest. Just he's marketable. He's a marketable type That's of That's assuming player. he wins this year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, spe- like, I'm speaking it into existence, Justin. <laughs> I don't need your I, negativity right now. Look, th- and I, I agree with you because... When you think of other cities that don't really have an appeal, like Milwaukee, nobody wants to go there, but mm-hmm. they drafted Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. right? Minnesota, it's cold as hell. Nobody wants to go there, but they drafted Carl Anthony Towns, right? So I get it. I think we have that guy in Jonathan Isaac. I think we've lucked out in bringing Markel here because I don't think Markel, under any other circumstance, ever chosen Orlando. would have chosen Orlando. But because of his injury history and what happened in Philly and how Orlando kind of took all the pressure away from him and was like, we believe in you. We're not going to rush you whenever you're ready. Just know you have an entire city of people that are backing you up and rooting for you. So I think that goes a long way. To me, Aaron Gordon does not fit. You know what I mean? So and and, and I don't I don't necessarily agree when you say that his value is only going to rise, I think the longer he goes right without making that jump, it's like, OK, dude, you're in year seven. What happens now? I mean, how many years are we going to give him before it's like it's not connecting? It's not meshing. This isn't the guy that we thought he was going to be. I think realistically, if we're looking at the players that Seth Aurora had mentioned, obviously Aaron Gordon by himself isn't going to cut it. Right. Right. And I think that in order to bring a player that can really make a substantial difference, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to overpay. We're going to have to get raped in the deal, 100%. There's no other way. I I honestly can't say it because we don't have enough pieces that without it would make sense to another team. Like Aaron Gordon and what else would make sense to bring in a player like that? It's going to be multiple draft picks. It's going to have to be draft picks. It's going to have to be another player. It might, be ha- it might have to be a player that has potential like Amo Bamba. It, we would really have to give up a lot. And that's why I say pass. Because I know this front office moves like snails. And they're just not. They're not going to make a trade. They're, not gonna, they're just too slow for that. So right now. They're, they're too slow for that because they're still very new into this team. And, exactly. and as and I agree with you, they're super careful. They're cautious. They don't want to rush into anything. But eventually, that has to happen. Something has to be made. Eventually, they have to make a risk. They haven't made any risk. The biz, the biggest risk that they've done so far, Markel. That, but that wasn't even a risk. That's true. Yeah. The biggest one was Mobamba, drafting Mobamba. That was their biggest risk that they've done. What else have they done? They traded. Uh, they traded for Jerry and Grant. There's there's been zero risk. Nothing. Between it's either between Mo ba- drafting Mo Bamba, or giving the contracts that we've given to Darren Gordon's Nikola Vucevic, but that's not even that's not even a risk either. Like I'm, I'm talking about like major major risk. Uh, I I just don't know. I I don't see them again making a move just yet. And again, I don't think they'll make that big deal right now where they give up Gordon and say Bamba or multiple picks. Even though I've been saying it for a while now, we should trade a couple picks now. We have way too much youth in this team as it is to develop. We don't need more rookies coming on board next right. year and, and adding to that. So I think that the time is now to make that move and say, hey, Gordon, a couple of picks, protect the second one. It's down. But right. you don't, who, who wants Gordon in a pick, though? Like, that's the thing, like, what's out there? You know, you know, like, and it's not on 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 the list of, of uh, what was his name? Was it Seth Aurora? I said the name like three times. Yeah, yeah. Seth Aurora. Um, So it wasn't on his list. But one player that I think if if we add the right pick value to and Aaron Gordon to uh, that I think we could steal is Spencer Dinwiddie. And Spencer Dinwiddie, for me, is a guy who could help us immediately. Um, He doesn't – I wouldn't say he has the same level of athleticism as Aaron Gordon – 
but he has admirable athleticism. Uh, he can shoot. He's proven that late game, late situations, he can he can do you know what he, what needs to be done. Um, and he's vocal. He's a leader. Spencer Dinwiddie is on my list. I like Spencer, but he just signed a contract extension last year, three years, thirty four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Why why would why would Brooklyn do it? For assets. I mean, they, I mean, they do they have got one. They do they have Kevin Durant coming up next year. They have, I mean, Kyrie, as we know. Would they want to have a pick and stuff like that? I, I don't know. But I like him a lot. He will make a lot of sense here. Again, Gordon's value, I think, right now is just too low to even get a Spencer Dinwiddie right now. That's where mm-hmm. we're at, unfortunately. All right, let's move on from Aaron Gordon. <laughs> All right, so this next one, um, for those of you that watch The Jump on ESPN, um, Orlando Magic got a little love. More importantly, it was Jonathan Isaac. Um, Isaac's discussion on the jump this week was Zach Lowe expects that he would win Defensive Player of the Year at some point in his career and be a contender to win it in multiple years. However, Paul Pierce disagrees. Um, well, he disagrees just for this season. All right. So my question to you is, will Isaac be a league leader in blocks this year? Which um, we looked up the stats, and he is currently tied. Tied with right, AD, with yes. AD. 2.6 per game. 2. Uh, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot, too. Yeah, I'm shooting also. I'm, I'm shooting as well. He's just all over the place. He's just blocking everything. Right. Um, I fully expect AD at some point to get hurt. just happens every year. Yep. Right. So I think that's the time when Isaac will really differentiate himself I, I uh, think from what, AD. If you take... Paul Pierce and the, the other gentlemen's uh, comments, you can mash that together into a uh, reality. I, I don't see him winning Defensive Player of the Year this year. I think he's on the list, All-NBA, uh, for a couple of years. But until we are a winning organization, he, he's not going to get that title. I agree. So I, Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think – I don't know. I, I feel like, again, if, if there is an AD injury – um, which obviously we hope not because you don't want to see anybody injured, especially a superstar like that. Uh, but if there is an AD injury, I think Jonathan Isaac runs away with, uh, you know, block numbers for the year. Um, but I don't think that he will win Defensive Player of the Year no. for a couple of years only because it's not just about blocks. You know, it's about mm-hmm. steals, it's about rebounds, it's about all of that. Um, and also... You can't be an eighth seeded team. You know what I mean? Exactly. You can't you can't win any league award if you're barely making the playoffs. Yeah, I think for, just... from that award we're we're still about a couple of years away from that. Mm-hmm. But unless blocks... unless something crazy happens, unless Steve Clifford like is like rotations, let's blow rotations <laughs> up. Everybody play, you know, whatever. And, and and they finish top six in the in the East and he's like killing AD on blocks per well, game, that's a conversation we true. can have. And, and one little last piece on this. If you look at the winners, they have an intimidation factor. They get respect on the court, yeah. and you don't see that with Isaac yet. They're like, they know he's there, and there's awareness. I'm like, oh, he got me. But doesn't that also make it more impressive that he's even competing with AD at this point? No, I, I'm not taking away what he's accomplished. What he's accomplished is fantastic, and and you know, proud to have him on our team. What I'm saying is the winners, I mean uh-huh. – LeBron didn't come down the lane when Dwight was here, right? Because he knew Dwight was here, and that and, and everyone was getting past Jameer back then. And so, like, even you, you look at all of Tony Allen, you know, you knew he's on the court. He, there was a presence on the court. True. I think we're, we're getting to that point. We're, just we're, not, we're getting there. We're not quite there yet. Although I I agree that I think that he can. I don't care about any of it. I really don't. Right. Does it translate to wins? That's what yeah. I care about. Is he the only player doing it? That's what I care about. Right. If no, if, if we didn't, if the players around him didn't buy into what he, the amount of effort that he's putting in, I, I can give two shits about it. I, I just don't care. Yeah. I want, I want us to win. That's what I care about. I want us to be talked about in the national media yeah. that hey, this team is a rising team in the East. Hey, last season wasn't a fluke. Hey, this team is for real. Right. Unless we're doing that. Everything else doesn't matter. And it kind of feels like, although we thought we were making improvements, like this team was making improvements, it still feels like when, when the Magic are on opposing team schedule, it's like, oh, this is a winnable game. Yeah. yeah. How we talk about the Cavs, 
it feels like other teams talk about, about us in the same way. Absolutely. It's kind of like it's kind of like well, we we talked about how hey, you know, sorry Justin, you missed out on Camilo Anthony. He got hurt in the middle of the game, and wait, <laughs> you brought up a really good point. He didn't get hurt. It was just load management. He didn't want to play him no more. Right. Zero, he said zero. it. I looked up. We're up by twenty. I told the coach, "I'm good." Why come back? Yeah, it's, it's sad like, to say. It's sad to say, but Tony yeah. Allen, Tony Allen's comments in the beginning of the season about how he didn't take us serious and he would go out into a restaurant and just eat, chill, is a hundred percent accurate. Crazy how when we first heard that we That's came true. on here it was like, "Oh, Tony Allen is irrelevant." You know, this, that, and the third. But now it's like, oh, here Tony, we are. Tony had a it, point. It's the truth until proven otherwise. This team needs to prove it, and we haven't done that. All right, so we're going to move on to our next segment. It's actually a new segment that we're introducing called the Trade Machine. The Trade Machine is pretty simple. This is where two of our um, people go head-to-head, and they come up with a realistic trade scenario that is accepted by ESPN Trade Machine, and that also results to plus wins for the Magic. The two people will plead their case, and the other um, individuals will then vote on whatever trade they like the most. Okay. Let's do it. Sounds sounds good. So I'm going to start. All right. Now, granted, this has been accepted by the trade machine. It (laughs) does result into plus wins for us. I just don't know if Golden State (laughs) would go with this trade. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw it out there. All right. Aaron Gordon. Wesley Awandu. Mm-hmm. Plus an unprotected first for D'Angelo Russell. Dum dum dum. Okay. The reason being is I we've talked about it plenty of times before. Aaron Gordon does not fit our system. He does fit with Golden State. He's a player that can go up and down the court. He goes into that team knowing that hey, you are not that guy. We talked we talked to you so much about you needing to be the Draymond Green. Now you're gonna see that up close and personal. <laughs> yep. All right. And Wesley and Wandu is a player that it, they do really well with um with G League players. And, and, and developing those players. Yeah, and guys, developing yeah. those players. And I feel Wesley and Wandu would just do really well with them. And you know, just a first round pick. When was the last time that they had a really good first round pick in a while? And they need picks able to right now because exactly. they, they traded so many of them to Brooklyn. And then uh, for us, D'Angelo Russell, he's just a player that makes sense for us. We need a player that's going to take over. D'Angelo Russell is that guy. We need a player that can score offensively at any given moment. D'Angelo Russell is that guy. And I think that he would really, really complement well with Markel Fultz, just them interchanging between the one and the two. So that's my case. Okay. I love that. I love that option. I love to see that so happen. So we're going to count Witt's vote because yeah. he's going to be the other one with the trade okay. machine. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. going to add his vote towards mine. Okay. <laughs> so now you have to add your vote towards him. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, you got another trade for us, right? I mean, we can still talk about his option, but I think the internet world has, has definitely covered that as well, right? So mine's a little outside the box, and I'm and I'm going to tell you the reason why first. I'm thinking the system, the Cliffs vision, of defensive minded, but it can can spread the floor a little bit. I'm I'm saying um, and and want to add some toughness because I think Orlane needs some t- needs some toughness. I'm interested. The buildup is crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because I, here we go. So Gordon and Awandu for Julius Randle. Man, I'm saying a three point shooter. He's a tough player, and and he, he, he's around <laughs> the, some young players. The trade machine they accepted that. They accepted it. Are there any picks being given that trade? No, just straight it up. You know, it's outside the box. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Straight up, Ag and a one do for Julius Randle with no unprotected first. With yeah, yeah, just straight up, just trade. straight up trade, and then. For and it's uh, unprotected first. West, West, Ag and Ag for D'Lo. Okay, and now it's up to us to determine who's you two man, decide. Man. I'll, I'm a, I'm a. You have the first honors of being. Let's able to, do this. Yes. So I mean, if it's up to me, and and I'm in the front office taking those calls and and accepting one of those trades. Of course, I'm gonna go with D'Angelo Russell because of the fit that we know he'll have with this team. But we, we know we need a guard that can shoot. We know that. So And it will be more of a modern team. We can now spread the floor more, shoot more threes. Right. So if it's me, I would take Golden State's call and, and accept that trade. Okay, so... Vote one? Yeah, so I would say 
It's a little it's a little complicated because I do understand Witt's argument. I think Julius Randle brings kind of an attitude to the team that uh, we don't currently have. Um, and he, he can score. He's definitely somebody who wouldn't play the way AG plays, right? Would play in the paint, would give us kind of point uh, paint buckets. He would be buckets. more of a traditional power forward. Correct. But he can also shoot the three ball, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right? So I think that Julius Randle could add um, – a lot of value in a way that wouldn't encroach on anybody else's style of play. Um, I've been writing about wanting D'Angelo Russell in Orlando for a long time, uh, and I'm sorry, Wit. I would still take I would still take D'Lo, but D'Lo plays well in the East too. So right, I, I agree. I'm just thinking with the culture, what we're trying to do. Right. So, so I think I think Where D-Lo, I give you I give you credit for thinking outside the box. I think D, it, the the D-Lo trade is not going to happen, right? If I woke up from here to like February, mid February, whenever trade deadline was, and D'Lo was going to wear an Orlando Magic uniform, I think I'd lose my shit. To be to be honest, like <laughs> I'd be so excited that I, I I would probably buy tickets for the rest of the season. People would take the streets and cheer. Right, I, I I agree, and I think D'Lo could be like a, a a hero in Orlando. But knowing that Golden State has no reason to kind of jump on a trade, right? Because they have Steph, they have Clay, they're gonna come back. They literally can keep D'Lo with Steph, Clay, and Draymond healthy. That's a championship winning team. I just so think they, that I th- I think for them that's just way too many players that need the ball. Way is too it? many players. Yeah. Steph has proven that he does not need the ball. I, right. I agree. But Kevin Kevin Durant is a way different player. Clay drops than... 60 with like 12 dribbles. He does not need the ball. <laughs> Draymond Green. Like, come on. Draymond could play point guard too, which is crazy because we've seen it, right? Yeah. So Golden State... Like, this is a year that we're not seeing Golden State, and people are forgetting that Golden oh, State was the champs for a reason. So remember, guys, my favorite player is Steph Curry, and I keep saying this. What's happening right now is the best thing in the world. You, said, you say your favorite player is Steph Curry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Because he, he wore an Orlando Magic. <laughs> I wish it was playing G- for the Magic G- right now. I wish it was in the Magic right now instead of Aminu. I will say that. Seth, Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Because he's your favorite player. Second, third, fifth, ninth. Um, no, but seriously, though, what's happening in Golden State is the best thing in the world. They're, they're smart. They was the, they're one step ahead of all of us. Yeah, they'll come back next year with a first like, round pick. Guys, watch. Play around, you know. Play around. Think that you have a legitimate chance. Win your championship <laughs> this year while we're not really competing. And then next year, we're going to win. The year after that, we're probably going to win too. The year after that, we're going to win too. Like, Golden State has it sewed up. It's crazy. So I'm not, I'm not super mad that Orlando's not killing it. Because realistically, is Orlando going to win a championship within the next three to four years? Probably not, right? Probably not. Let's be honest. We, it's, not about, it's not necessarily about winning now. But it's about setting ourselves up, making the right moves, um, <laughs> with drop the cup, but that was funny. But anyway, uh, about making the right moves, right? So that five years from now, when Ji and Markel are entering their primes, guess who's being spoken about? Guess who's contending for a championship? The Orlando. So I, think we, I think we agree, though. We'll, we'll go the D'Lo route. Yeah, I went on a rant, no, you I, know, I think... but I would go the D'Lo route. Yes, but Ju- Julius Randle. Is not a bad second option. I think. I mean, it, at this point, anything that would get, it, it sucks to say this because I like Gordon. Magic fans love Gordon. Yeah. But anything that would be just a change of scenery for him and for us, yeah. I think will be helpful. So mm-hmm. looking at the stats for Randall, while he's not an amazing three point shooter, he's only shooting twenty five percent this season. Mm-hmm. He is averaging eighteen points a game, eight rebounds, shooting the same amount of shots as Gordon, playing the same amount of minutes as Gordon. So having a better year overall. He averaged twenty points a game last year. Gordon hasn't gotten to that point yet. So if you can get a power forward like that that can come in and kind of just play big, which you haven't had a player like right. that, I'll be up for that. And the biggest thing is that the Knicks are actively shopping Julius yeah. Randle. Well, and here's the thing, too, is if you watch our def- defensive issues on the three-pointers, the the 
anyone's guarding a shooter collapses down low, mm-hmm. right? So you have, if you have Randall coming off the backside or Ja on, on on the opposite side helping helping out the weak side, help close up that lane, you can stay home with your shooters and help us defensively. And right. that's why I think he can help us out. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But I think again because of the fit right now. D'Lo will be the, the dream scenario, I think. Yeah, right. of course. Great player. I'd buy a D'Lo jersey ASAP. And I think for a trade like that to happen, Wesley Wandu definitely wouldn't be sufficient. I think to really grab Golden State's attention, you would have to throw in a player like Mo Bamba for him. My personal mm. Send him. I'm so not a big Mo Bamba fan. Bye-bye, Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're him. good. I, I don't know. I'm not a Bamba fan. I don't know. Ooh, so I mean, if you if you really think about it from a Golden State perspective, for a player like D'Lo that I don't think fits with their system once they're fully healthy, right? Um, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, unprotected first. I think at That's least engages that. In but Mo it's Bamba, a, it's, a it's a lot from that. Us. At least makes Golden State listen to the conversation. Yes, Mo Bamba could be good in Golden State though, with his yeah. length and that around those shooters getting offensive rebounds. He could be That's good a with lot that. To give up though, it's a lot but, for us. But I think to in order to get a player. That was suggested early on that we talked about on the podcast. We have to give up way mm-hmm. more than the other team. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, Golden State is, is in a position where they don't have to take anybody's call. They can say, we're going to hold on to D'Lo and we're going to just shoot the lights out. In the oh, they're they're in absolutely do. no rush. And that, that, puts us, that puts us in a bad situation because mm-hmm. are we really willing to wait that long until they're ready to have that conversation? You, right. you can't do that in this NBA. You got to win now. But wait, I have I have a question. If if Orlando called, let's just say Orlando, John and Jeff call now, right? And say, hey, Golden State, we have this offer. We would give you Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, and an unprotected first. But this trade has to be done now. Otherwise, we we're withdrawing this offer. I think they would I think they would do it. I think they might, because let's just say that. Let's just say that in Golden State's mind, right, they don't want D'Lo, right? They're only pretending to want D'Lo because they want value for D'Lo. If, let's say it like this, you have a gold bar, right? You're the only person in the entire, like, state of Florida with a gold bar, right? You're talking like Willy Wonka gold bar? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So So I got the golden ticket. And I want, right, and I want a gold bar, right? And I have to find it within the state of Florida. You could name whatever price you want, right? And only you know in your mind if you're really willing to give it up for that price or not. That's what they're doing with D'Lo. They could say, this is what's going to take to get him just to see who's going to offer what. So sell your soul for D'Lo. And not necessarily. I don't know. I don't know if, if, if trading Mobamba is selling your soul. I'm uh, just saying them to the NBA. Yeah. Because whether they're whether they're bluffing or not, it's irrelevant. Because if you want D'Lo bad enough, you're gonna offer more than you probably should, and they're gonna say, "Of course, we'll do that." Because we didn't want D'Lo to begin with; we just made you believe we did. So Golden State is in a perfect position, man. I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that dynamic works. Works because you would have Markel Fultz. D'Angelo Russell, Evan Fournier. Do you think Evan Fournier and D'Lo would work out? I think Evan Fournier, under the right circumstance, is capable of doing so much more than we see of him regularly in Orlando that it's it's frustrating to me. I think that you put the team in a position where Vooch is not your main guy. Evan Fournier is not your main guy. Mm -hmm. You put a player that can get a bucket whenever the hell he wants, right? right. And it changes the dynamics completely. Oh, big time, mm-hmm. totally. Big time. I like, for example, and this is not gonna turn into another ten minute conversation, but Evan Fournier in Portland, right? In my mind, would be terrifying. I think Evan has the skill set to thrive in a fast paced kind of system. He's just not in one, mm-hmm. so. I don't know. It's really hard to to kind of put a cap on what Evan can do because I think our system is not bringing out the best in him. So, Not bad for our first trade machine, Wit. Yeah, let's do it. Not Keep bad. it going. All right, so let's jump into the next one. Get off your chest, which is one of our favorite segments. Um, first one's coming from Instagram on Orlando Magic HQ from Stock Tip Dave. Stock Tip Dave says they need to fire the coach and trade Aaron Gordon and stay away from the three-point line. It's killing the season. 
There has been zero improvement from last year to this year, and it is embarrassing. I mean, I think we've touched on all those topics already. Yeah. Uh, and we all agree. Uh, agree. The, the firing the coach, we know it's not going to happen. Trading Gordon, keep looking. The reality is I see it being evaluated this summer. After the season's over, yes. it's going to get all evaluated. I think so, too. It is embarrassing. Thank right. you. Next. <laughs> all right. This one is coming from Brandon King B. Harris from Orlando Magic fan group Magic Nation Facebook. I feel like we are so close to being great, but the players themselves don't believe it enough. Mm. Is mm. is confidence an issue? Yes. I think it is. Not for everyone, but for a few. Yeah, I think the only one that really has confidence out there is Fournier. Like, you, you yeah. know he believes he's good. He can get a bucket as, no, I, as I, needed. I Markel also, Markel Markel too, also showing a little bit of confidence. I feel Markel is, like, wishy-washy with me, like, in terms mm. of confidence. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he takes the three-point shot. Yeah, you see that he has a big play, slams it in, highlight reel, you know, house of highlights, the whole nine. But I feel like it's it only comes in spurts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I feel like confidence is really just going out there and attacking nonstop. Evan Fournier is a really good example of that. I yeah. think the player with the biggest lack of confidence is AG, which if you're if you're the if you're lacking the most confidence of everyone on the roster but yet you're shooting the most shots of everyone on the yes, roster, it that's really concerning. Work. And it shows. I, I'm going to yeah. disagree with all of this. I think our team is very confident. I just don't think they've figured out a way to really put it together. Right? Let me ask you this then. I, but I think they lack swagger. Are they too confident? And they're showing up to games thinking they're better than they are. I, I mean, like my opinion from watching the games and and being actually with my seats close to it, seeing it, I think they're they're they think all right, um, we can just turn it on any point in time, and we can get back into this. You know, we're like all right, we did that was a bad quarter. Now we're gonna turn it on now. And, and I agree, it goes. but that's a and I agree with so, you totally. So I, don't, I think it's not a lack of confidence; it's a lack of reality. I agree because I see that happen way too often where they're like, all right, we're down 18. We can, we can come back yeah. or they're up 19, but then all of a sudden think they're too good. And then the team, all the team catches up. So it can play either way. Yeah. It could also be that we're just way too confident in thinking that we're really a really good three point shooting team. <laughs> and we're not, we're not. What are we now? 29th again or whatever it is. I already did the numbers out. We're jumping <laughs> on to the next one. All right. So the next one also comes from Facebook, Orlando Magic fan group, from a Sir Michael Jones. Sir Michael Jones says, I feel like the core three of Vooch, Fournier, and Gordon are too much of the focus for this team. I feel like the entire team played better and at a faster pace when Gordon and Vooch were out. The team played better because they had to. The Magic need to get rid of two of the three amigos. Gordon has the best-looking fadeaway in the NBA. The shit doesn't go in, and he fades when not necessary. <laughs> so, um, we're Gordon has the best-looking fade. Okay, we're gonna so exclude the Gordon has the best-looking fadeaway. <laughs> I think in the he was NBA. being sarcastic, but was yeah, he? Yeah, okay, yeah. so still, let's just in case, let's disregard that. Let's focus <laughs> on the first part. Uh yeah. I've been saying that for a while now. We gotta we gotta break that up. We gotta break up that Fournier, Vooch, Gordon. Somebody's gotta go. I think Vooch, which kind of pains me because he's the most consistent, but Vooch and AG gotta go. I think uh Vooch because he slows the games down. Uh and AG because he can't score. I think <laughs> like, I think if you have Nikola Vucevic on on your team. He's your best player, so obviously you have to run your offense through him. Mm-hmm. You're stuck at playing one style of basketball. Right. So until he is no longer on your roster, you're pretty much going to get the same the same results with the same talents if he's still your best player. It doesn't Vooch matter who you're trading best for. Player, that's that's kind of scary. Right. That's the thing. We got, we got to turn the page because yeah. So two thousand got LeBron. The the Trailblazers got Dame. Brooklyn has Kyrie. For now, because KD's injured, we got Vooch. Well, like, I, Vooch is really good, <laughs> but he's he's not on the he same level so with those so much guys. better as a second best option. Yes. Yeah. Second option. Yeah. And, and before you got in here, we were talking this before we started. In 2012, we started the post-Dwight era. Mm-hmm. We haven't left that. Right. What's the era now? It's the post-Dwight era. We need to change That's that. That's a good point. It could be it's, the D'Lo era if uh, Golden State keeps speaking into existence. Yeah. I'm gonna start calling the trio like the Henny Boys because the Henny Boys until something until we eliminate anything left over of Hennigan, it's just gonna be the same thing over. But over. these guys could work. They got chemistry if they played mean and aggressive and attack. 
Which they choose to do once in a while. They don't have it in <laughs> I mean, them. Alfred Payne, Mario Zonia, they had chemistry. Yeah, oh, God. Let's, no. I'm let's, let's move on. Want, let's move on. Alfred as a second option. I, I was an Alfred Payne no. fan. So oh, God. You no. were an Alfred no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, move on, on, move on, move no, on. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the week ahead. So completely done with our West Coast trip. Now let's get back to like playing against uh, our Eastern teams because we, we feel way more comfortable with the, with the Eastern team. So um, Monday we take on the Chicago Bulls. Friday versus the good old Philadelphia 76ers. And Saturday we play against ex-girlfriends again, Milwaukee. Wow. Doesn't get any easier, huh? No. <laughs> By any means. So Monday, obviously, against the Bulls is a must win. We need a win yeah. under our belt because this this three game losing streak is not good for any morale, any confidence that our team still or still does not have. We need to get some wins in um, Philadelphia. I I always look forward to playing against Philadelphia. We match up well against them. We play them really well. So I think that that's a game that's on the fence. Is that the game of the week? Oh. I, I think so. It's the best one of the week. I would go with Philadelphia the game of the week, just because yeah. Milwaukee is, you know, and Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should rest players on that, guys. Take it easy. <laughs> Load management. Right. Load <laughs> manage the entire team. Um, no, but I, I agree. I think Philly should be the game of the week. Um, I think Philly brings out the best in us, and I think it's because there's a little bit of a rivalry there. Um, even before the whole Markel thing, I felt like every time we played Philly, there was like, a little extra going on uh so so that would be the game of the week for me if we were going to do our predictions i don't know if i'm jumping the gun but uh i predict the win i went to the last game against philly uh we won our fourth quarter was spectacular uh we limited tobias harris's you know uh, opportunities ben simmons couldn't get the ball through the hoop and uh <laughs> and we got that win so what else is new so <laughs> i i was on a perfect streak until al decided to play <laughs> with me and mess that up so I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna put it to you who, who you got winning that week what are you doing i'm not <laughs> until after you so i'm gonna play it safe this week just because again i've been struggling so bad uh with predictions um i think we lose that game um good call i just don't see us beating philly right now we're not playing at that level right now i'm gonna go with the win for the simple fact that when we're playing at home <laughs> Two, because Al said that we're losing, so I'm automatically <laughs> just doing the opposite. <laughs> and I oh, just the man. idea of playing against Philly and it's just Markel's revenge game. Just I, I I am expecting for him. How many times are we gonna say it's Markel's revenge game until though? he gets revenge? I need him to drop over 20 points against Philly. That's what I need from career. Markel. All right, so he had 19, so career high against Philly is what yes, you're saying? career high. Right. The way that he slammed it in Portland is what I need him to do against Philly. Against Philly. There you go. I woke up yeah. this morning, by the way, because we have a group text for the Ozone. But I woke up to OMG Markel or something like that. I was like, what did he do? But I didn't have time because I had to run to work. And I didn't I didn't get to watch it until literally like 6 p.m. today. And it was sick. That was nasty. It was nasty. Yeah, what doesn't make it nasty is the fact that we're already down by 15 plus <laughs> points and there's three minutes left in the fourth. Oh, man, celebrate celebrate the, greatness when it happens. Yeah. That was the only only positive thing to come out of it. All right, what, what about you? And Murphy's Law, I'm thinking I should put that into play here, but ain't, I'm over two, but I'm going with the win. Defend the house. Yes, Wit. Let's, Let's go. do the house. it. Let's do it. So I hope I lose this week. I don't care because I want to see the magic win, but I'm playing it safe. I'm playing it safe. As long as we are not on the same page, I am okay with if it. If we come record next week and we're having another conversation about a three-game losing streak, <laughs> oh god, I uh, yeah. You know what's scary though? Quickly, the Bulls game. We just do not match up. Well no, I think them. we smacked the Bulls. I don't I think hope it's so. close. But if you look at last year's games against the Bulls, against the Bulls, yeah. we did not play well against them. So All right, listen. If we scary. go on another three-game losing streak. We're bringing the bottle out to the next one. Okay. Let's do it. 100 For New Year's. Drinking our sorrows away. <laughs> Drinking during the podcast is happening. All right. So final thoughts. What we got? Just please win two games this week. Please. Especially uh, lose against Philly so I can win. Bucks and Bulls. Surprise me. Shock the I'll world. Bucks please. and Bulls. Just shock please the world, people. Win. So, the world. so if, we, if we win two out of the three, does that make what this past week Acceptable? Absolutely. Like, are you okay not. with it? Absolutely. It's not. crazy how wish washy everything is because you can easily go from man, I hate this team, they piss me off to all right now, now we're balling. Look, yeah, looking yeah. at the look, sorry to cut you off, but looking at the end of this of the month, December has always been a tough month for this team. They have the Bulls, 
which should be a win. The 76ers is winnable. The Bucks, I mean, we uh. lost that game, but we were still in it late, right? So you have to believe that if all things go right, we could beat the Bucks. I mean, we were close. And the Hawks, we should be able to beat. But the right? Bucks is is a back is after a back to back against that the is, Sixers. That is true. But we are home this time. I think that that adds that playing back to backs at home. I think are not as bad as playing back to backs on the road. Uh, but to make it, oh, it is away. Damn. So it's away. <laughs> I thought it was a back to back home game. Well, Milwaukee but, is away. But um, Philly's home. Regardless, my point was <laughs> that we should go four and zero to close out the month. I think that'll be a. a, a, a I mean, a we good... we should go four and zero for the rest of the year. Nah, man. I, oh yeah, I mean, that makes I mean, sense. The following, the following year, that makes sense. But um, but Just yeah, we me, should win those four games. Give me a two and two. I'll, I'll be happy if we beat the Bulls and the Hawks and move it along. Three and one would be perfect. But I'll take a two and two. End the year. I'll take that. I agree with that. We we just need to see something positive out of Aaron Gordon. Yeah. I mean, give me that defensive end, offensive end. Give me something positive from Aaron Gordon because. Not only do I feel he needs it, but I think that he doesn't fully understand how much we need him to be successful for this team to be successful. Yeah, to get his trade value up so we can get <laughs> D'Lo out here. You right? Uh, all right. So that, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. Peace. Peace out. We out of here. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com, and remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.